Buckle up, it's time for My Drive with Jeremiah Isley, the gaming podcast that's about more than just games. Presented by Theology of Games, visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode eight. I'm your chauffeur for the day, Jeremiah, just like the lady said. Hey, um, welcome to my drive. And it's funny because I wasn't even going to record today. I was going to say, you know what? It's Thursday. Just take a day off. I'll do one tomorrow and we'll be good to go because I don't really necessarily have a topic for today. But one kind of just popped in my head. Here's here, let me let me fill you in on my morning. I've had a great morning, for, for the most part. I've had a pretty great morning so far. Uh, we got up early and went to the bagel shop today. So um, we had a fun morning, my boys and I, eating bagels before heading off to school. And I dropped them off at school. And as I was pulling away, I stopped at a red light, which is what you do at a red light for those of you who don't drive um, (laughs) or don't live in this society Uh, so I'm stopped at this red light and across from me coming the opposite way on the same road there's this truck and I see I see him kind of inch forward and he's looking both ways He looks both ways, sees that it's clear, and then just pulls right through the red light. I mean, just, and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, this guy's driving like this, and we're less than a block away from a school zone, okay? And so as he's halfway through the intersection, I just lay on my horn, I make eye contact with him and I point up. I'm like, it's a red light. You're not supposed to do this, right? And he just casually gives me this smirky wave like, hey, buddy, and keeps on going. And I felt a little bit like George Costanza. We... I was like, we're trying to have a society here. And uh, speaking of traffic things, there's a train stopped right in front of me. So we're going to turn around and take a detour. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm like, okay, technically, yes, I saw that he looked both ways. It wasn't like... He was just barreling down the road and blew through this red light. And, um, but the, the brazen act of it all was just so ridiculous to me. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. So that, that also triggered a thought that I had, or just from the night before, from last night. Um... I'm getting to a point here, so just bear with me, folks. Last night um, we went to uh, we went to church, 
there's a Wednesday night program at the church that we're currently attending. And the church that we're going to right now has a lot of construction going on. So they're doing some cool new things and they're taking, um, taking some rooms and repurposing them for other things. So there's, there's big portions of the building that are kind of blocked off or, you know, there's the, the sort of construction, I don't even know what you would call that, like a, the plastic, uh, almost like a, a drop cloth, but they're using it to make kind of these temporary walls. So anyway, so we, I, I pick the boys up and from their, from their class for the night and we take this, this stairway down that we don't normally take. I'm like, oh, hey, let's take this stairway. We can do that. And I should say it's kind of like a mega church that we're, we're attending right now. It's this really big church. And uh, so we go down these stairs and we open the door and out of nowhere, we're like in the middle of this construction zone. We're behind that plastic wall. So I'm, I see it. I mean, it's maybe maybe 15 feet away it's not like it's not like we have to go through a ton of stuff it's not like there's this you know whirring blades of saws going on and everything you know everything's kind of quiet for the evening and whatnot and uh i see i see the split you know they've kind of taped the edges of the split where people have been going in and out and i just tell the boys i'm like run for it let's go and my oldest was all about it. He's just like, okay, whoosh, gone. And my youngest was like, no, no, we can't do that. We're not supposed to be here. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. We just, we're just going to scoot through real quick. And, um, and he took some convincing. It took, you know, my oldest was already through and gone. And it took about another 10, 20, 30 seconds of me going, no, come on, come on, let's just go. And, and my youngest going, no, we can't go through there. We're not allowed to go through there. And uh, so eventually he does, and he was so freaked out about it afterwards. He's like, we should not have done that. We shouldn't have gone through there. And I was like, buddy, it's okay. We are not in trouble for it. They just, you know, it's blocked off because they're trying to keep it clean. And we, we didn't get in anybody's way. It wasn't dangerous. He, and he was, he was upset and kind of exhilarated in a way of, oh my gosh, we just did that. We just, oh, we shouldn't have done that, daddy. And um, so I, you know, we, we got through that and, and it was fine. And, you know, he's not, I hope he's not too scarred for life. But there's something, I guess, I I was struck this morning by the parallel in that of here we go, you know, here we have a seven-year-old who's totally about following the rules and, and kind of freaked out that we broke some sort of rule, even, even if he doesn't really know what that rule is necessarily. Um, but there was some sort of rule that was broken by what we were doing. This guy's beeping at me. I don't know what he's doing. It's actually not two lanes, buddy. But anyway. Um, <laughs> thanks for trying to pass on the right. It's just that kind of day, folks. 
Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, um, so here's my seven-year-old who is terrified that we broke some kind of rule and this seemingly grown man who brazenly ignores the rules and uh, just like the person that just crossed the double yellow line to get in front of me to get to the intersection. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> wow. I'm, you wouldn't believe what I'm saying right now, folks. Anyway, so um, the, the thought occurred to me is, um, I mean, for one thing, we, we are very, uh, very active in the way we parent and we want our children to listen to rules and be, um, productive in, in contributing members of society and to be a part of the solutions to the, the issues in, in society and not part of the issues, um, not contributing to the issues, I guess I should say. Uh, so we, uh, for us, the, it's something that has kind of been, been ingrained in our, in our kids for a long time. And I find it fascinating when people sit at the gaming table and, and they're willing to cheat. And, uh, and in a way it, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because people are willing to cheat at much more, uh, more, more important things than a, a silly board game or what have you. But, um, but to me, I, I, what, what is the fun in, in winning something that you didn't actually play by the rules? I mean, anybody could cheat and not play by the rules and find a path to victory. And, um, and I think that's true in life. Uh, we could, we could cheat. I mean, you, you see, um, uh, what was the big company? Was it Enron or whatever it was? You know, those guys, they allegedly, I guess by their standards, they were winning at life. They were getting a lot of money. They were cheating this company. They were taking, uh, you know, money that didn't belong to them. And so by their standards, they were, they were winning because they were, they were making the money. So they were, they were not just cheating at a game. They were cheating at life. And I think, I think where I, I guess I just wanted to go with all of this is, um, do we as gamers, folks who, who game, uh, know people who cheat? Do you have, or do you, have you ever had that tendency in you to cheat at a game just to get ahead? Um, I tend to not play with people who cheat because I, I play with a lot of people who respect the games that we play and, um, and I appreciate that about them. But I also, I, I've also known people that cheat at games and I'm like, dude, what is up with that? So, uh, anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit and, and wrap up today with, although I'm not even sure how I'm getting home at this point. <laughs> There's been so many detours and trains and everything else. Uh, I just wanted to go to the grocery store. 
Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames using the hashtag TOGMyDrive. So it's time for the feedback loop. Yeah. Okay, so feedback loop time. I, I had um, several folks on Twitter. And like I said, folks, today was kind of an impromptu episode. So I don't have names written down. Um, gosh, uh, Day and Nightly on Twitter, at Day and Nightly with a K. Uh, he or she wrote or tweeted back and said... Uh, we were talking yesterday about dead CCGs and said that uh, they played a ton of Star Trek CCG um, and still have all their cards and what a lovely time they had with that and I said I've still got thousands of literally thousands and thousands of Star Trek cards in my home right now and um, I don't know I haven't played it in a couple years at least but uh, there are a few of my gaming friends that do play the game and uh, still enjoy it, and it's a fun game. So um, we kind of have house ruled it, and I don't know if it maybe it, maybe it's not such a house rule where we've kind of made up these like uh, three-player and four-player variants, so we can all just sit down and play and have fun with it. Um, let's see. So that was day and nightly. There's another. Another person on Twitter who I can't remember their name, and maybe I'll I'll look it up and, and add it in later. But they um, they said that uh, I should know and my listeners should know that the Star Wars CCG is actually more undead than dead. And they they tagged, um, I think it was at SWCCG in their tweet, which stands for, as one would guess, stands for um, Star Wars Collectible Card Game. Uh, and so I followed that link, and I followed that account, and there's it's it's a small following. They've got like 400 and some followers. Uh, but the the banner for that page was um, was some advertisement for some world championship for Star Wars, which I thought was really interesting. They uh, they must it, it was in I want to say it was in Seattle. It was somewhere in Washington, maybe Spokane or something like that. But it was in Washington nonetheless. And uh, so apparently there are folks who are still um, still playing Star Wars, and it's still alive. So I also have thousands upon thousands of Star Wars collectible card game cards in my, in my game room and in my, in my basement in my storage area where I've got a bunch of that stuff kind of lying in wait. Um, and I also have... And it's funny, this didn't come across, this wasn't part of the feedback loop necessarily, but I get an email 
regularly from the Middle Earth uh, Players Guild, or I forget what they call it, but there's a group of people, it's like a, they do a worldwide tournament. It's somewhere, I believe in Germany, and they still play Middle Earth and have tournaments and championships and, and all that stuff. So that's a game that has been long, long out of print, as most of these have, but still have folks uh, contributing to the community that it that it is, which is just it still fascinates me, um, because I mean if you think about it, these are great games that have been a part of our gaming history. They just no longer print them, so the format that they are isn't sort of getting promoted and refreshed and rebooted and and whatnot. Um, but the games themselves still hold up, and the the memories and the good times are still there. Um, I want to say, I think, I'm trying to, again, do this all on the fly today. (sighs) I think that was it for the feedback loop. There might have been a few other people. I'm sure there were a few other people that tweeted at me about some games, and I apologize that I didn't get those in today, but I appreciate it. So today's questions are, do you or have you ever cheated at a game? And do you actively avoid people who cheat or is there somebody in your group that cheats and you know about it and you still play with them anyway? Um, That is that. This is episode eight of my drive. We're coming up on number 10, and I'm going to throw this out there. Just a little uh, a little housekeeping for the podcast here. Um, I listened to Tuesday Night Podcast, which is my good friends Alan Gerding and Sean McCoy and SBJ. Um, and they did a 20th episode, and they've, they've created this thing called the Zeros Episodes, where they sort of kind of reboot and give a launching point for anybody who might want to join in on the podcast but doesn't know where to start and you just say, oh, episode 20, episode 30, episode whatever. So I'm going to kind of plan on stealing that, and I told them that, uh, for this podcast. So coming up on episode 10, I'm going to kind of relaunch the concept of this podcast. I'm going to reevaluate where it's come over the past 10 episodes and probably also do a bit of a recap and maybe restart a couple of the conversations that we started over the last um, the last ten episodes, um, where maybe something didn't get uh, get the attention it may have deserved or needed at the time that we did it. So anyway, um, I finally have made it home, and I'm gonna put an end to episode eight. Please, please, please follow us on Twitter at Theology of Games. We do a ton of stuff in the gaming industry, lots of interviews and reviews, and all of the, uh, just uh, all kinds of stuff for games. But until next time, thanks for coming along. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and this has been My Drive. Thanks for coming along on My Drive. My Drive is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.